got to know what you know. They're going to call it cockiness. They're going to call it arrogance. But you're going to call it confidence. Because I don't want my confidence to, I'm going to say something and I want you to hold on to it. All right, get your cameras ready because this is game. Do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity. If I could get up and dance, I would dance right now. If I could get up and shout, I would shout right now. Do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity because I dress like I dress because I'm confident. I look like I look because he's confident. We walk like we walk because we're confident. I don't even use cologne. Now, that, this, it, this, somebody asked me, what is that you're wearing? I said, confidence. It's, it's my natural odor. It's my natural odor. I don't, I don't have to use Dolce or whatever it is. It's my natural odor. Come on, coach, let's do it. Because if you look good, you feel, feel good. good. And if you feel, feel good, good, you play good. If you play good, they pays good. And we back, and we back, live from the place to be. It's your favorite cousin's favorite cousin, Ren. That's the girl, Dee Dee. Dee Dee, say what's up. What's up to the people? All shades, all sizes. All shades, all sizes. We back here with another installment of Set Apart Podcast. But right now, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Please, cue them up. What we going to say to the people today? Well, uh, a great psalmist once said, Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. Okay. And the deer and the antelope came play. Today, we are talking about this guy. Pride time. Deion <laughs> Sanders. Now, we got to talk about it. We got to. Now, this is huge. This is huge. What he's doing over there. What that guy's doing is, is, is so big to me. Now, everybody got their opinions. Everybody yeah. got their opinions. Um, but you, I feel like you're more in touch as to what people's opinions are. What is people's, like, what is, what do you think the general opinion of what he's doing out of there in, Colo in Colorado of all people? Like, Colorado ain't no, he not in L.A. He not in, no. like, some place that people vacation to. He is in a place that people is like, I would never have come here if it wasn't for prime time Deion Sanders. What is people's opinion of what's going on? What's the general opinion? I won't say it's general because I've been hearing mixed reviews. Okay. Now, on depending on the source, if you're watching ESPN, Fox Sports, these sports, well, I don't even get into the podcast because they get a little crazy. But if you're mainstream media, right? I mean, 60 minutes for crying out loud. Um, Mainstream media, it's. I think they like it. Number okay. one, because people watching these games. First, well, let me take a step back. They're getting the games televised. That was right. not happening. Yeah. Okay. So, and then people are tuning in and watching the games. So these networks are cashing in. So these same networks got to get their TV personalities, their talent to talk about it. Whether it's Monday night football or not, they're talking about Saturday night football. Yeah. Um, so I think, and also Dion used to do a little little TV in between, you know, retiring from the game and coaching. Yeah. But I think for the most part, the people love it. 
Yeah. I'm on so it. So they Abby. say on camera. So they say on camera. They love it. They're excited about it. They love watching how they play. And they love watching his response to, to the press. Right. Yeah. And And so what would you say is the popular hate towards it? If you will, then what would you say that the popular hate is? I would say the loudest criticism that I hear is, but when I say loudest, it's relative, right? Right. If I hear any criticism, this is probably the most common thing I hear because it's not loud because right now it's not the majority. Right. And it is, he's not humble enough. He's doing a little bit too much. Um, you don't need to do all that. Um, who does he think he is? Um, he was so rude to those players that he told they should get in the transfer portal. Um, he shouldn't sh say that to those boys. They're kids. They're children. He's too harsh. Uh, he's too flashy. Why you got to have cameras everywhere? All of that kind of stuff is what I've, been, what I've heard. Okay. I respect that. I, I, I've heard some similar things to it. I'm just going to say I love it. Everything about it is that I love it. And this is how it is. This man, to me, is bringing a culture and shifting a culture on his head. People who don't like it, they're going to have something to say about it. Um, people who think it's too flashy, they, they just they're not used to it. And this is why when you come into something which is college football, NCAA, and you try to shift and throw that mug on his head and change the culture, you got to make a big splash. Yeah. Come on, conformity of believing that, oh, man, this was, a, this was a job that was granted to me. So I just need to go with the flow. I just need to stay in line. And no, 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 no. You're not going to change the culture. You're not going to. They were losers. And you're Can we and just you're, stop acting like that didn't happen for there is hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of coaches. You can say that came and turned a program around. Right. But here's the question. For probably dang near all of those programs of the coaches who came and turned it around after they were gone, did it go back to obscurity? Yep. That's not culture changing. I'm talking about from now on, when you hear the word Colorado Buffaloes, you're going to make this a thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a thing. There are so many politics that's happening, not only in the world today, but also in NCAA sports in general. No matter what the ball look like, no matter yeah. what the sport look like, there's so much NCAA politics. And the fact that just to the fact outside of the whole Colorado things. NCAA in its general core is imploding because they're putting out rules. They're putting out regulations. They're putting off all these other things. And I truly believe that most of these rules that they're biting them in the butt today was made out of short sightedness. Yeah, this works for now. It doesn't work for the next 10 years. It doesn't work for the next 15, 20 years. Deion Sanders is taking a stand. For all of you haters, let me talk. For all of you critics out there, let me put it out there. <laughs> Deion Sanders is taking a stand saying no more of this crap. It's been the big uh, SECs, and, and I'm, a, I'm an Ohio State fan, and Big Tens. It's been, it's been these big conferences, and it's been these narratives around these schools that 
these schools need the TV shows. These schools need the TV networks. They need the most televised games. Now, and I'm, I'm not even going to segue into the race part yet, but we're going to get there. Now, you got somebody who come into the boat, who come into the pool and make a huge splash and say, listen, whatever y'all say and whatever y'all do, I'm going to do me, baby. I'm yeah. going to do me. So I don't care if you think it's flashy. I don't think if I don't care if you think it's uh, not humble of me or I should sit down and shut up. No, the last 100 people that came in this mug sat down and shut up. And what happened? No, 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 no. I'm going to make a splash and I ain't care. The one thing that you can respect about this entire thing is that prime, the same prime walking into the dough is the same thing on prime. We see in coaching on Saturdays. That's one thing you can be for show and you can have respect about it. Didi, what do you think about this? Is he making the thing? People have a short memory, especially now that we have, we videotaped things and we can go look it up and we can, Mm -hmm dub it from a VHS somewhere and put it on YouTube. If you were born in a, in a year that start with a two, you don't remember Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about humble, you would have hated him as a player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deion Sanders been like this. He this is toned down. He, he didn't have no kids. Mm-hmm. He was just, he played two uh, professional sports on a high level at the same time. And yes. was good at it. You think he w- went on draft day to the NFL? He was talking crazy because he knows how to work the camera. He knows who he is. Part of the reason why I think a lot of people might have a problem with him or anybody who knows who they are are the people that have a hard time knowing who they are. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. When you are insecure or if you um, are still trying to figure it out, it's hard for you to understand or speak the same language as somebody who has figured it out. Now, people who have figured it out is very small few because, like you said, there's so many reasons why we should tone it down. But that is who he is. That's who he's always been. Now, what I respect the most about him is that he recognized his audience. He yeah. knows these boys are not his teammates. He calls them his boys. He calls them his kids. He calls them his sons. So I heard him one time say, these are my babies in here. These are my babies. These are my kids, my sons. He knows those aren't the same guys he used to kick it with when he was wearing a uniform. Yes. He is catering to the audience. Now, there are things that people think, oh, you showing too much. Why would you videotape that? Trust me. There are a lot, a lot of things that we don't see. He right. ain't that crazy. And right. there are some conversations and there are some relationships built that's only going to be family business. That's what I'll say that y'all will, that we will never see being a college athlete and winning a lot of games. There are certain things that don't leave the locker room. Right. Trust me. There's a reason why those players will go to war for him. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't say that. So I think there's jealousy from other coaches who maybe wanted to do something different, but didn't know how. And yeah. are too prideful to say, I wish I had the trust of my players like he does. The right. ones that play and the ones that don't play. Right. And why- I wish I could have that influence where someone would decommit somewhere and come with me because I sat down with his grandma at dinner and I made sure that she looked me in my eyes 
and I gave her my word. What's up, guys? This is Ren from the Set Apart Podcast. Did you know you can interact with us and continue the conversation via our online forum? That's right. You can email us today at setapartpodcastteam at gmail.com. Because this is not just a podcast. This is a movement. We're looking forward to hearing from you. It's about him knowing that, though. He has to know That's that. That's what I'm saying. And he had to have... This is not new. It's new to us. Mm-hmm. But this is not new. Someone had to have known, if this man says something, he's going to do it. Right. If this man tells me he's going to do this, he, he said, I got a spot. If I come, I'm coming. Right. He had to have had a reputation of keeping his word. This isn't a gimmick. And I think that's where people have a problem. They're, they want him to fail because there's no way. There's no way you could do this. And so NCAA is one thing. College football is a whole other animal. Yeah, yeah. So forget about the conference alignment. But for those young men to follow him to Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. Not Denver, yeah. even. Now, now, no hate. No hate, guys. No hate on Boulder, Colorado. Shout out to the Boulder people. But I've been to Boulder, okay? What I'm telling you is that it's beautiful, but I ain't vacation in there. Like, that's not where we go. First of all, that's not where we go. We ain't got no ski trips popping up there all the time. We ain't got this stuff going on. on some people but are but look what's about to happen. But what's popping like you just see this. So this last weekend, they had multiple recording artists. You had people showing up. You had you had uh, celebrities and everything is coming and flying and taking their time out to see this. And I truly believe it's not because the spectacle, because the thing is, Absolutely. and football has always been played in Colorado Buffalo Stadium. It has always been played. So you can't it's been just play it in Alabama. It's been played. It's been played in Alabama. It's been played in those all people. the big SEC teams. It's been played in all the big, big things. These USC things happening. These things has been happening, but guess what? This now is a culture shift, and it means so much. And so this is something that I often think about when we talk about uh, Deion Sanders in a whole, before we even talk about the team, um, something that makes me happy is because I pride myself, I pride my life in being a game changer, meaning um, there's a lot of people who shy away from situations going into situations that, oh, man, everybody don't look like me. Oh, dang, everybody uh, don't think the way that I think. Oh, man, there's no way that I can not only um, be a part of this atmosphere, but then be a leader in this atmosphere because I just don't fit the mold that that thing is giving off. Imagine Deion Sanders and the way that, that, that he is portrayed today and has always been portrayed Walking into um, so at the end of the year, for people who are not a, a fan or knowledgeable of college sports, um, you usually have um, coaches meetings and coaches gatherings. It's kind of a coaching function. They get together. They talk about um, all conference things. They talk about uh, senior bowl things. They talk about um, uh, all American things. All of these things. All of these things is a conversation, and and many different of uh, divisions and all this stuff calls it something different, but it's all the same thing. So imagine Deion Sanders walking into a room saying, like, listen, I know I'm about to walk up in this place and don't nobody look like me and act like me and think like me. And I'm definitely separate. And yet and still, he boldly ventures into that. Um, a lot of things has been come has come and turned into a, um, 
almost a fraternity type thing. Like, hey, this is the mold that you need to fit in order to be in. I respect. Hats off to you for show um, for walking into a place saying, I know that I'm being different. God made me different. God made me different. And guess what? I'm going to go in there and be me. I'm not going to mold to who you want me to be. I'm not going to mold to what everybody else, um, my predecessors in this job before me has done to keep mm -hmm. employed. Nah, man, I'm, I'm me with or without this role. But with this role, I'm going to use the platform um, to do some good. What you think about that, Didi? No, I agree. And that's why I said before, it's hard to understand when someone has knows who they are and they don't apologize for it because it's so uncommon. So when you see it, it comes across as brash. It comes across as loud. It comes across as harsh, too much, when it should be the opposite. It mm -hmm. should be looked down upon when you're not being yourself because you're afraid of losing something or you're afraid of not being accepted. Um, but it's so rare for us as people to just know, okay, first of all, it takes us a long time to figure it out right. who we are because we're trying so hard because we look for something to put our image up against and model, right? We're looking for examples, but we take examples and we think mimic. Mm -hmm. Um so we have a lot of carbon copies of everything. Think about music right now. Yeah. I don't know who these little whoever's is because they all sound the same to me. They all sound the same. When yep. there is a time where the more different you sounded, the better. Yep. So first of all, it takes us a long time to unlearn being like someone else because we think that if someone inspires us, that we're supposed to do what they do mm -hmm. instead of doing things the way they do them. So we have to unlearn that. Then we have to figure out who we are. So that takes us forever. And some people never get there right. um, because it's safer to just do what everybody else is doing. But for someone to figure that out when he did, and he knew who he was as a player, uh -huh. but he fashioned it in a way that is going to benefit young men coming behind him. So when you talk, when you paint the picture of, you know, walking into these meetings with the whole conference and the coaches and the athletic directors and the boosters and all of that stuff. I really believe they hired him to be Dion or mm -hmm. was never going to be a, a ink on the paper. He came in there. They saw what he did at Jackson State. Other schools said no. Guarantee. That's yeah, too much. Sure. We don't want that here. For sure. But the Colorado AD said, listen, you have an opportunity you can't get no worse than one in 11. So, I mean, hey, let's take a chance on each other. And I'm going to give you the free reign to do it how you do it within compliance. Let's go. And so a bit, a really big deal about college football. So especially I think it came at an appropriate time. Right. Um, so for those people who don't know, NIL is now mm -hmm. a part of uh, college football. That is where players are allowed to get paid for their likeness. Um, for so long, um, it has not been happening. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why pay college players? Like, listen, this ain't nothing new. Somebody been getting paid for years because of their likeness. No, you should have got paid. It's no, why should they? I ain't saying you got to have no six-figure salary, but. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's it's a big deal, though. Like, so, for example, I remember one of my favorite video games, uh, NCAA, college football. Um, that I think they stopped making it 2012. I want to say they stopped that um, because they started running into an issue. But think about they had about a good 
15 issues of that game, right? And having the likeness of these players. Players did not get one rare sense. Actually, players throughout the NCAA have been suspended mm-hmm. for exchange making of money for their likeness. Yeah. And now the fact that this is brought into it. So for the people who think that, oh man, like Dion coming in is a it's a it's a money play, um, it's financial play. I need people yes. to understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need you to understand. He knows me, what he's doing. <laughs> let me figure this out. This is nothing new. When the game is televised, the NCAA has been on record for making billions for yeah. TV contracts. The players, whom is the attraction which you are coming to see, has been receiving zero dollars. Well, now, I won't say zero. They have not gotten zero from the TV deal. From the TV deal. And so so yes. before NIL existed. Yes. Yes. What I'm trying like I, I, I can't stand, and this is something that just makes a really, really sour taste, ill taste in my mouth, is when people argue um just funds in general. Because really when you when you arguing on a small level of who's getting paid as a player, you're totally negating. <sighs> Let's be controversial. Because it's probably true. If you're mad, I'm sorry. Maybe not. We're totally negating the rich white man up there getting billions of dollars for this. Yeah. You hear me? Like, 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 oh, he's still going to make his millions of dollars a year. Whether these players are getting paid or not. Absolutely. And the crazy thing is, if you understand or you understand how TV deals work at all, the more attractive it is year by year, your TV deal money getting more and more and more exactly. and more. They got a 10-year head start on you, fam. 20 years. How, how long has college college games been televised? At least. Oh, we probably like 50 years by now. They got it was probably only one. Yeah, it was probably Notre Dame like for a long time and then it just grew and grew with conferences and then now that's when that's why probably, I don't know, five to seven years ago, maybe more, conferences started their own networks. That's why you got the Big yes. Ten Network, SEC Network, Longhorn Network. You can subscribe all to of that. Like Netflix. That's why. Because the money was going, it was going there, then it would trickle down, but then it would stop. So here's the other part that people forget. Let's take my man Coach Saban, for example, just because okay. everybody knows his name. Nicholas? Yes. Nicholas, he and others like him, they get these big contracts with increase and bonus. You get to this round, bonus. You get to this bowl game, bonus. Now we have the playoff. So you can add a little bit more. And then they get extensions. They get these crazy extensions like seven years, 10 years. These old people get these extensions, right? The players are playing and weight training and two or three workouts a day and they ain't going to class, but let's just move on. We're not even going to go. Right. All of these things they're putting in the work, right? They don't get a contract extension, but the coaches get that trickle down money from all of this. Cause Alabama was going to be on TV. No matter who they played, they could be playing right. South Dakota state. Right. They're going to show those games, any sec game. Yeah. Right. But now 
the players get this little bitty sliver of the crust of the pie. People are arguing. Now, one side of the argument is, well, it's taking amateurism out. It could get there, but it's not really there yet. Not in football yet. Because on, in football, you can't really showboat like you could because well, you can't really see their face like that yet. Well, but in well, basketball, I can see it. Count when they only got a clock? I mean, they're on a clock. So how, how does that work? Like, can you take amateurism out of something where you only have a you have an NCAA clock? No, what they're talking about is they think that it's going to affect the quality of play, the hunger of competing because it's only an elite amount that's going to go professional. So um, they, th that's where they it gets it gets muddy. That's the side of the will. argument. I don't think it will. Okay. Well, it depends because there are some places where these nobody on the whole roster going nowhere professional. So they just trying to eat. They trying to milk thing, what yeah, they can. But that's what. But that's what I'm saying. So back to Dion. That's what I'm saying. He knows what he's doing because he is going to get these players paid. These players, okay, let's take last game, Saturday. First of all, the game started at 9 p.m. Central. Yeah. Started. Started. Okay, that's 8 o'clock Colorado time. This game went until 1 freaking a.m. So that means ESPN, which is in Connecticut, had to stay up, stay up to do the little timeout commercials and then to recap it afterwards. Uh -huh. 8.73 million people watched that game that went into the game. game. That was not Alabama, was not Texas, was not Ohio State, Notre Dame, yeah. was not Michigan. Colorado versus Colorado State. Yeah. Deion Sanders knows ex college game day went to Colorado. Went to Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Like, they knew what they were doing. He knows what he's doing because, look, okay, Travis Hunter got hurt. I'm just going to recap. A major player got hurt, for those who don't know. Right. And then everyone was shocked that the guy who stepped up and made big catches at the end to help them win the game was somebody they didn't hear of. But the team was not shocked. No. So now that kid's name is being talked about. That kid is going to be selling some shirts some hashtags is going to be made for that kid, Harrison. Mm -hmm. Now, Coach Sanders has now said, okay, now you get a little piece of my pie. It's all a plan. Welcome to the culture and welcome to the culture change. I know things are going to be, things are going to be, when, when you don't look like everybody else, when you <laughs> don't act like everybody else, when you don't fit the mold, you're going to stick out. But guess what? That's okay. It is okay. We're talking some, about somebody who is shifting the culture. Now, something that is really, really crazy to me i just watched not too long ago um the atlanta falcons documentary and it was talking about the rise of of rap um as we know it uh, especially southern rap um atl more specifically um if you guys didn't know 
early on in Deion Sanders' career, he was a cornerback mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and they were talking about how they had people on the sideline like MC Hammer, which was arguably one of the biggest artists in the world at that time. Um, you had um, heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield. You had mm-hmm. um, Outkast. You had so many things rising um, in, um, in terms of African-American culture, really. Um, but we're just going to say rap culture in, in this scenario. Um, and he was a part really of a, uh, man, I want to say a culture shift, um, in terms of, uh, it was the right time. He came at the right time. And it was something for people to hang their hats on. And and the, and the sad thing about this is that as I think about culture shifts and game changers, um, we don't have enough of them. That's my honest, my honest opinion is we don't have enough of them. We will rather fit the mold to get the raise than to risk um, causing a splash or causing waves um, in order to flip the thing upside down and change it. Um, let's take a, I, I want to take a step back and I'm just going to ask you this question. Why do you think that that is? Why do you think that naturally um, across the board, not saying everybody, but across the board, it is way more popular to come in and fit the mold than it is to change the culture? Because it's risky. Um I still go back to if you know who you are, um, it's kind of hard to unknow who you are. Mm-hmm. So once, you know, Dion mentioned, you know, he had his mom. There was a video of his mom right after the whole talk about what the other coach said. He, he brought his mom to the uh, to the platform and she said, I raised him right. And I always told him to be yourself. So. Whatever she was teaching him as he was growing up, he took that to heart and he's always been himself. And so when you know who you are and you are yourself, once you get a little taste of that freedom, Uh it's kind of hard to go back to bondage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's risky. Uh It's risky. And then sometimes people force it when it's not really them, because not everybody's supposed to be a culture shifter. I'm going to say that because some people are meant to sustain what's going on. You know, so everybody can't say, well, I'm going to work and I'm going to do that. No, 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 sis. You don't know. If it's not true, it's not true. But the people who it is, they know who they are because they've been fighting it because it's so common. It's the same way like people say I'm the black sheep of the family or they say different terms like that. It usually means you're just the one that's a little odd. Uh You know what I'm saying? You're the one that like, you know, you, you don't you don't eat all the ribs at the barbecue. You just eat the salad. You know, you always been the one that's been a little bit off. You like country music. Everybody else like blues. You mm. know, everybody else like hip hop. You a little bit, you know, a little bit different. But when it's cultivated in you and people are pushing you and encouraging you to be that, you don't want to go back to bondage. Yeah. Another person I think about who's used that same language is Tabitha Brown. Okay. Everybody know who she is, right? She says she's a cover up her southern accent to try to get movie roles and do all this stuff used to straighten her hair because somebody told her if if it's too curly then it's hard to get hired for these roles because they can't see it they only going to see this straight you know all of this stuff and she said once she decided to just be her the world opened up to her right you can't go back when you know what real freedom is you ain't going back yeah so it's hard when you haven't tasted that yet and it's hard to go after that freedom. So it's hard to shift the mold, number one, because it is risky. Right. It is risky. Because if you step out there, 
and you don't land, you have a lot to lose. Right. That's why I say if it's really you that's supposed to be doing it, then do it. Because it's, it is risky, but I feel like for me, where I am in my life, I feel like it's more of a risk for me to deny who I am and um, lose sleep at night than being who I am and going for it instead of, you know, having regret like I wish I would have. I'm 60 years old talking about I had that opportunity and I should have jumped on it when I had the chance because I'd rather be at peace with myself knowing that I was loyal to me. Right. And that's the conversation I had recently. Oh, somebody was like, oh, you real loyal to this job. And I was like, you know, but but it's time to be loyal to me. Yeah. Don't I matter in this equation? Because the company don't have my name on it. We spend our entire lives and, and somebody somebody tells me these things very often. And it's this this thought, this this thought, comment, way of thinking, whatever you want to call it. It sticks to my brain. We have people who are creatives. I mean, we talked about this before we even started uh, Set Apart Podcast. We have people who are uh, creative or they're good at what they do. Uh, they, are, they are experts in their field. You spend at this time, if your life stopped today. You spend you spent way more time working for somebody else than you have working for yourself. Yep. And that's crazy to me. Like, think about it. We commit yeah. ourselves to nine to fives like that's 40 hours a week. We just got enough time to eat dinner, say hi to a couple of people, go to bed to find myself right back and do it again. And yep. do it again. You are working yourself to the bone, breaking, bending over backwards with no boundaries for somebody else's um, kingdom. Mm, for somebody else's vacation. Yes, for somebody else's. Like this person got flex play, floating holidays. Like they getting double of what you got and you got 30 cents. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get, I want to work so much harder for you, man. Something it's a that. Game. Uh, it's bondage. I've been a part of corporations and I'll never call the corporation out. I'm just saying I've been a part of many of corporations that uh, they report growth. Right. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. it's it's um, it's a business thing. More of, it, you know, sometimes there's trading, all this other stuff, but whatever they do, they report growth. It's public numbers. So they definitely are going to report it internally. And so um What's crazy is that you can find yourself in a situation where it's like you get paid X amount of dollars an hour. Oh, guys, we want to uh, let you guys know that we reported 33% growth in the month of January. Hey, guys, we have been smashing it. We reported 66% growth in the month of February. Going on, going on, all these astronomical numbers. You still get <laughs> paid the exact same thing mm -hmm. that you did originally. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy, man. But crazy. you get paid the same. But I, I get a bonus. I get flewed out for a corporate meeting somewhere. Mm -hmm. But y'all don't. Hey, I'll buy y'all some pizza. Get a pizza party with your hey, girls get a pizza, pizza party. party. Hey, you know what? I'm so happy that y'all doing so great. Come in an hour late. Come in an hour late. I got y'all. I got y'all. But that's the thing, because 
and I'm not saying and this is not a call to action for everybody to quit their jobs. That's not right. what we're saying. But there comes a time when, okay, we come from a generation. We were birthed from a generation of people who had to work because we had to prepare better for our kids coming behind us, right? Right. So think about think about who we come from. We come from literal slavery. Yeah. Before we were we were kings and queens. I don't know all the details and all that good stuff, but we weren't slaves. I know that. Not right. these kind of slaves. Right. Then we were captured, kidnapped, and transported, killed, all the things, diseased, all those things. We survived it, but there was a psychological bondage that yes. stayed that I'll never see home again. I don't know where I am, but I'm going to make the best of where I am. But it took a long time for us to get to the point where we can say, I don't want to be in bondage anymore. Hmm. However, you and I are not that far away from our grandparents generation who said, uh-uh, you got to work at that place for 30 years so they can, you got to get your house, yeah. your white picket fence, your 2.4 members of the family and your dog and maybe a cat in a nice neighborhood. And then you're going to train your kids. Hey, I didn't go to college, but if you go to college, you're going to get a good job. You're going to make more money. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. The problem is that was true at that time, but things shifted because people started saying, now, wait a minute. The math ain't math in here. I don't want to do that. I think it's okay to not work the same place for my whole life. But mm -hmm. that was that was unsafe to them because in their mind, just, just don't draw too much attention to yourself so you can stay on the job. Because it's, right. it's stability, it's this, you don't have to worry, Keep and your bill's going to be paid. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then there was a shift. So our generation is just coming out of that. And it had a lot of trickle-down effects when it came to mental health. Yeah. Now that generation think, nah, you just soft. That also came from whatever happens in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. There was a trickle-down from that. Uh, family secrets. That's a black mm -hmm. pandemic. I'm just putting it out there. Maybe we can talk yeah. about that another time. But all of those things, so that when we say, hey, wait a minute, I don't want to do it like that. When we loud like Dion, no disrespect to you, but with respect to me, so I can tell myself, I actually care about you too, self. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do this no more. I can't do it like that because if I, I'm cheating myself for the benefit of somebody that give me 30 cents in a raise every year. 30 cents that, in a raise. That is not I don't believe that that's the will of God for my life. I'm sorry. Yeah. But when you talk like that, oh, you complaining. Oh, you not humble enough. You Who do you think you are? You ungrateful. Or here's my favorite. That is literally the opposite of my favorite that I hate with the passion. It could be worse. Yeah. 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 Of course, everything could be worse, but it don't have to be. Yeah. So I'm just supposed to take life or I'm supposed to go grab life. I'm supposed to just let life slap me around and be like, well, because you're black, because you're a woman, you know, it could be worse. Just like with my SAT scores. Well, based on your population, it ain't that bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. That nah, was nah, good nah. for a black kid where you from and your demographic and your household and based on statistics, you a little bit better than what you were predicted to be. What is that? Yeah. I'm 
spiritual child of God. Who are you talking to? I'm supposed to accept parameters set by you. That's you can't even pronounce my first name. That's the issue. You don't even know. You don't even know who you're talking to. And that's the that's issue. That's what I'm saying. And, and so we find ourselves in situations, all that stuff that you just so beautifully laid out there. We find ourselves in situations where I don't know if you remember but months back, we were talking about how um, we will find ourselves sitting down in an open cage and we got the key. Like, so not only now, listen, listen, I didn't I didn't misspeak. We're sitting down in an open cage and we got the key. So not only is this mug wide open where we can just walk out, but even if this thing was closed, even if this thing was locked up, we have the key to do something. But we feel like we can't get out there and go out there. Something that I always and and this is this is not hashtag therapy, but everything that I always do, I'm like, man, I know that anything I put out there in the world, any place that I go that I'm a little bit different or 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 maybe um oh yeah, Ren, he 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 a fool or whatever, whatever. I can be different from somebody else. And guess what? I am basking in that difference. Yeah, I'm basking in that difference, not because I'm like, oh man, how can I go in here and be different? But I know for a fact that God didn't wire you the same way he wired me. So we don't have the same standards. Your definition of success is not my definition of success. I'm not just going to sit up here and settle for what you tell me that the ceiling is when I know the ceiling is bigger. I know that I'm more than a cockerer. I know who I am and I know whom I am. And it's nothing that you're going to say to, to, to deviate me from that situation. And what we happen to do, and just, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, what we happen to do is we settle for that security. Now let's redefine Right. Is it secure? Probably several things, but give me something that you... Viewers, um, whatever way you're consuming this, I want you to hear this. First, you say, what wisdom did I already give you? To me, it came at such an amazing time. Because we just say stuff because we don't understand it, or we don't take the time... Because if you defining it, it might be secure for you. A lot of us got jobs. It yeah, means the status quo is actually good. risky for me. Yeah. For me. And I've learned that the hard way and I wish I knew it sooner. But for me, the status quo is a risk because I was on the brink of depression because the job that I had had me stuck sitting in my seat eight hours a day. And for someone like me, who who fought to get to know who they are in God? I can't go back to somebody else telling me who I am. So for once I once I got a little bit of taste of that, I was like, oh wait a minute, I can't stay here. I, I understand the status quo. I understand that it's security. I understand that I'm getting my same W two, and I'm just gonna say, hey, let's go mm -hmm. income tax. I'm sorry, but it's okay. It's more than okay for me. To say, look, I chose you this time and I'm going to trust God with the rest because he's the one who gave it to me. He's the one yeah. who told me who I am. So I'm disrespectful to him to tell him, no, nah, I hear you, God, but nah, nah, I don't think you knew. I don't think you really know what you're talking about, even though you the one created me. You the one put this stuff in me. And so it so for me to just stay like this, even kill is a disrespect, a direct shot to me. If I'm going to tell somebody else 
oh, I love you. And I don't even love myself enough to give myself a chance to live the life I'm supposed to live. Right. Because somebody told me, well, you got to work 40 hours a week. And this is stable. It ain't really stable because I was mentally unstable. Yeah. <laughs> it's not stable. It's not at all. And so I think when somebody goes in and, like you said, makes a big splash, that's what Dion was supposed to do. I don't know him personally. All I know is what he's doing to these young men. Say that. Uh-huh. And the fact that he knows what he's supposed to do with these young men. Let's not even get on his own biological sons. Yeah. Let's not even go there. Yeah. He knows he set them up. And my last point on this, I love nepotism. The only reason why it was such a cuss word before is because it was usually associated with something corrupt. Like um, politics or the mob or, you know, uh, somebody just handing somebody a job because they weren't qualified. No, nepotism is we talk about legacy. We talk about generational wealth. Listen, if I had something prepared for my child today, it's already in his name. I don't care if he flunk out of school. Yeah. I ain't going to let that happen. But there's something to be said about. Is that not what Jesus Christ did for us? Yeah. You super unqualified, but this yours. This is the life I, pre- I paid for you. Dion is doing that. But there are some other young men on there that fathers can't do that. And he is very clear on that. That's why I can't do anything but respect him. I don't care if they don't win another game this season. Mm. The job has been done, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they're going to forever talk about this season. Forever. Right. They're already doing the 30 for 30. I already know it. Exactly. For sure. They're already doing the Netflix series. They gonna, This is going to be the first college with a hard knock series. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, Dion said something uh, back at Jackson State. Um, when he took the job at Colorado and he left mm-hmm. Jackson State, they were saying, oh, was Jackson State just a stepping stone to where you needed to be and all this other stuff? He was like, were you even truly, really invested in all this? He was like, listen, 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 listen. Yeah. I'm going to tell you one thing, one thing, besides whatever you want to do, okay? If I am the head coach, I put my name on the paper, I'm invested. If I impart my two, this is what he said, real talk, this, this, this jumped me out of the seat. He said, if I impart my two most prized possessions to you and your program and your school, mm-hmm. there is no much more commitment than that. And he was talking about his two sons. Yes. Like, like, we are here. There is no more commitment than letting my two most prized possessions walk into this place. Like, like that. you don't get more committed to, committed than that. And, and so he gave some of his money. Exactly. That. And, and we, we don't we listen. One of the biggest things, and this is something, um, I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan, but he says something, and it changed my mind. He says, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Listen, that's two different mindsets. Let me let me break that down for Absolutely. y'all. Absolutely. Let me break that down for y'all. Business, everybody can't say that. Businessmen are at the whim of other employers. You do one thing for one thing. You do this transaction, this transaction, this transaction. You got a boss. You got this. You got to answer to this. You got to send it up the ladder. You got to do all this other stuff. Businessmen do that. If that is what you pride yourself on, I'm clapping. The other thing is, too, businessmen are 
constrained by how the market tells them they can go. Yes. Yes. If the market says we down, then you're going to act like you down and you're going to spin like you down and you're going to cut things, cut budget. You're going to do this and that because the market is telling you how to behave and how to react. Right. Exactly. And so so a businessman is very contingent on its it's your thermostat. It's season. It's what would you say? I said a thermometer. A thermometer. That's what I meant to say. For, for sure. For sure. A business. I'm a businessman. You're a thermostat. You are the business. You are a thermostat. You are setting a temperature. You do not care what the situation is. You're going to make it happen. You are a business. You, you don't set the trend. You don't represent Greg, Greg, and Greg's law firm. Right. <laughs> you are it. You are it. You are the business. When you walk out there, you represent who you are, who you came from, mm -hmm. your standards, your idea of success, your morals, like that is what you're doing. So you don't have to sacrifice any of that for Tom, Jack, and Harry, Greg, Greg, and Greg. Right. It's exactly. It's huge. It's huge yeah. to me. It's huge. It's a, it's a different thing. I think about that all the time. I think about that. And I and and that whole criticism about Jackson State. And again, this is not a conversation about. Deion Sanders' personal life and choices. Mm -hmm. We talking about him as a leader of young men on the football field. Yeah. And they say it all, oh, well, this was a stepping stone. Or they say, oh, you left, you there was unfinished business with the black school. There was not unfinished business. It was not. They did not renew the contract. There was his words were they were not forward thinking enough. So I don't know what else y'all want this man to do. The other thing is, it was an unfair criticism because coaches leave all the time. All the time. Did he live leave midseason? No. no. Did he finish it out and get them to that little that bowl game? Yes. I mean, the conference uh, championship game. Yes. So he did his job. Yeah. He was no longer under contract, and he earned a right to look for better employment. Yeah. Nobody cared about no Jackson State football. Once again, on like three times before that, who? Once who again, to they want. I feel like the people who had that criticism was wanting him to commit to Jackson yes. State's agenda, not changing. You got. They were trying to use him as a catalyst to bring more ex-professional athletes to HBCUs to bring more recruits to HBCUs. So they thought Dion didn't know what was going on. Right. They was it was a business move for them to try to manipulate the situation and say, well, if you do this, then more and people, more, more other, uh, more players will come and give back and all that. Don't give me that give back stuff. This is college football. This is not philanthropy. Yeah. I wish y'all would stop. Yeah. College football is an animal. That is only here in the United States of America and nobody can tame it and it ain't gonna slow down. It is a billion dollar business. Billion. So stop trying to act be. like oh, give back. Give back. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. A billionaire. B. Would it be? Um, that's real. I love the fact, hats off, and I'm I'm just gonna close with something like this. Hats off to Deion Sanders and what he's doing. We believe in it. Um, if it's anything that's set apart. Um, podcast in general is going against the culture. We're going against the grain. Yeah. It's okay making that it's big about football. And the fact that you could do that from your platform 
Hats off to exactly. He Hats knew off. how to use his platform effectively. And that's why people are jealous. Because they either don't have the platform or they forfeited it by some dumb choice. They didn't know how to work it. Or they don't know where it's at. They don't know who they are yet. Right. Same reason why people don't didn't like didn't like Kobe. Now, now he's everybody's angel. Y'all did not like Kobe. Same reason why they didn't like MJ. Same reason why some people don't like LeBron. Yeah. You too big for us. You got to shrink a little bit so you more likable. Yeah. It's the same nah, thing. We ain't shrinking for nobody. Be you. Shout out be you. Be you, y'all. Shout out to my Las Vegas Aces too. Hey, for sure. I throw that out there. Shout out to my girls. They hate, they hate because they don't like when y'all have fun and win at the same time. They doing it too. But that's how you do it. You're not going to shrink Asia Wilson. She's not going to be quiet. She's not going to. She's the MVP. She's also defensive player of the year. I called it. I'm calling it early. But she ain't going to be quiet either. She's not going to be ladylike. She's going to ball. She's going to block four shots a game. She's going to average a double-double in the playoffs. And Chelsea Gray is the Magic Johnson of women's basketball. There, I said it. Ooh. Say that. Okay. I said it. And if you ain't watched no games, shame on you. Shame she on is, you. She is that. Okay? So stop telling these girls, oh, that's too much. <laughs> it's basketball. There's no yeah. gender in basketball. Play yeah. ball. Play okay? ball. And if you win it, nobody likes winners. Let's just call it like that. Yeah. They want the underdog story of somebody who came from nothing, had nothing is nothing. Yeah, that's what and they gets do. on these documentaries and say, I just want to, you know, I'm just, I live on a farm and I just want to, nah. Well, you know who you are? No, that's a threat. You know who you are? A threat. Hey, we're going we gonna to end on that. Shout out to the Aces. Shout out to Dion. Uh, be a culture. Be you. Change the culture. Make a splash. Don't let nobody ever dim your light. That's it. What you got for the people? Send them off with something, DD. I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like if you ever, if you ever wanted to be free and if you ever got a glimpse of it, I don't want to get deep, but it was a sad day when Moses did all that stuff. Huh? Huh? He did all of that. I huh. mean, my, my guy, first of all, I'm going to try to keep this as short as I can. Huh? First of all, Moses was Hebrew born because they were killing all the Hebrew firstborn boys. His mother put him in a wicker basket and floated him and Pharaoh's daughter found him and was so crazy about it. Pharaoh said, Pharaoh's daughter said, I know this is a Hebrew baby, so I must hire a Hebrew woman to nurse him. Mess around and hired Moses mama. Ain't that some... So she got to raise her own son mm. when she was supposed to be a slave. So she made a way. God made a way. Then this dude thought he was Egyptian, messed around, found out he wasn't, killed an Egyptian for hitting a slave. Then he had to go in as a fugitive. He had to run away so he wasn't going to be captured. Then God said, go get my people. That's the famous line, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh's like, okay. Nah, never mind. Actually, no, I'm not. Then the plagues. Then this man, Moses. God told him, put that rod in that Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. Millions of people walked through. 
Pharaoh and his army was chasing them. Then all of a sudden, the Red Sea said, splash on them people. Mm-hmm. They made it through. They was hungry. They was thirsty. They complained. There was nothing around. They were in the wilderness. God made manna fall from heaven. He made the quails come at their knee length. They had barbecue and biscuits. They was thirsty. God said, hit the rock. Water came out the rock. They wasn't thirsty no more. Then they got, like it was complaining again. Forgot to mention, they got all the gold from Pharaoh. So they wasn't broke. They just had nothing to spend it on. Mm-hmm. Then they was thirsty again. God said, speak to the rock. Moses hit the rock. He didn't listen because he got going, oh, I got, I can do this. I know you well enough, God. Then the people turned all that stuff. I say all that to say, he did all those great things, but he was almost free. He got to see the promised land, but he didn't get to go. Don't get so close to your freedom that you miss out because once you see it, you're going to want it. You're going to taste it. Don't be like Moses and not get all the way to the finish line. Get your freedom because once you taste it, you ain't going back. Hmm. You ain't going. Once you get a little milk and honey. Say that. You ain't going back to no rock water. Hey, be real. Listen, that drop, drop the mic. We have to cut her off. Drop the mic off right there. <laughs> Listen, let, let's do it. Let's do it. That's Listen. a word right there. That's a and word. And don't let nobody tell you, hey, we still got this rock water over here. Come on, you know you. You know you want some of that rock. Nah, nah, milk and honey for me. That's a word. That's a word. Listen, we gonna end on that word. This has been a set of part podcast. My my name is Ren. This is the lovely Dee Dee. And we will holler at y'all. Go out there and be a game changer. Be you. Say peace to the people. Bye y'all. This ain't no intro, this the entree Hit that intro with Kanye I sound like Andre Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance She like music, she from Houston Like auntie